Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 17 of Revelation chapter 18. We're continuing to look into verse 7, Revelation 18, verse 7. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Well, uh, we went to Isaiah 47, that um, this verse is uh, basically a commentary on, and we'll go back there in just a little while. Uh, first of all, though, I'd like to just comment on the word queen. She saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. And the Greek word translated as queen is basilisa. It's um, Strong's number 938. It's the feminine form of Basileo, which is Strong's 936. And that's the word for king. But it's also translated several times as reign. And, and kings do reign. For instance, in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 4 and in verse 8. Now you're full, now you're rich, ye have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. Now in this verse, the word reign is the same as the word kings, where it says ye have reigned as kings. Well, reign and kings are the same word. Kings is plural, but it it's how that particular word is used whether it applies to ruling as a king, which is what reign means, or the king himself. And when we read that Babylon sits a queen, and it's a feminine form of the word king or reign. She sits reigning, but in the feminine sense, because God likens Babylon to uh, a woman, a harlot. And in Isaiah 47, it says in verse 5 of Isaiah chapter 47, Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. And we uh, have discussed that word lady uh, a little bit. It is a word that's also translated as mistress in a a few places. For instance, in Genesis 16, with Hagar and her relationship to Sarai, we read that um, Sarai is Hagar's mistress. It says in Genesis 16, beginning in verse 8, And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid. Whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? 
And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of Jehovah said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. So that, again, the word mistress is the same word as lady, a lady of kingdoms. And God is telling Hagar, go back to Sarai, your mistress, and submit. Because the mistress has rule. The lady has the rule over the maid. And likewise, uh, Babylon had rule over the kingdoms. But now it's judgment day. And in Isaiah 47, God is speaking to Babylon and saying, Thou shalt no more be called the lady of kingdoms. That is, you will no longer rule over the kingdoms of the world because at the beginning of Judgment Day and throughout the prolonged period of time, who is ruling? The Lord Jesus Christ takes the kingdom and rules with a rod of iron. So Babylon and Satan no longer rule over the nations of the world. So in Isaiah 47, we don't read in particular that Babylon sits as a queen, but we do read she's a lady of kingdoms. And that is basically the same thing. A queen rules, the lady of kingdoms rules over the nations. All right, let's go back to the passage we were looking at in our last study in Isaiah 47. Again in verse 7, And thou sayest, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore, hear now this, thou that are given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. And we spent some time looking carefully at those statements, and both being a widow and losing children points to a desolate condition. So Babylon is refusing that idea. I will not be desolate. And it is what Babylon is saying. Well, God's going to um, respond in turn to that statement uh, in verse 9. But these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon thee and their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. God is saying, you will be desolate. You will know widowhood. You will know the loss of children. And you you will experience the desolation that I will bring upon you. And that's exactly what God did spiritually when he ended his salvation program for the world, he turned the world, Babylon, the nations, the kingdoms of the world, into a spiritual wasteland, a desolation. And and in doing so, they are like a widow who is desolate. Or they are like um, someone who has lost their children and is desolate. Well... Um, let, let's look at these two things God says in verse 9 that will come to Babylon. 
in a moment, or actually let's look at the time of the two things. He says, these two things shall come to thee in a moment, in one day. And actually, they are synonymous. In a moment, and in one day, are saying the same thing. We have learned that God in the Bible speaks of judgment day. That's found in numerous places. The day of the Lord, the day of wrath. And we have learned that that day is a prolonged period of time. It began on May 21, 2011. Judgment Day began. And it will conclude, in all likelihood, on October 7th, 2015, 1,600 days later. And the fact that God... Um, speaks of a prolonged period of time as a single day, judgment day, uh, has, has been part of the snare in which some have been trapped because they can't understand that. Well, you said it would be May 21, 2011. And, and then when the 22nd of May and the 23rd and days follow, well, the judgment day, they think, has passed because they're thinking literally, naturally. That's how the mind of man works. And and man's mind does not normally operate, or actually it doesn't at all, in the spiritual arena. And, and man does not go towards spiritual thought. And, and yet God, uh, as we've looked at many times in Hebrews 3, speaks of the day of temptation in the wilderness, and then he says in a very next breath, which lasted 40 years. So God calls a 40-year period a day of temptation. And this is the Bible. It's God's prerogative to define his own terms. And that's how he's able to hide truth from the eyes of man. And that's what he's done with Judgment Day so that he can bring to pass a spiritual judgment on May 21 and 22nd and 23rd and June and July and August and all the days and months and years that have elapsed since that point up until now. It's been a spiritual judgment. And he can have people just deny it and refuse it and say, No, don't you know? They'll, they'll say back, Don't you understand? That judgment day is the last day, the Bible says. It's the day of resurrection, the day of rapture, where we raptured on May 21. That uh, Was there a resurrection on May 21? No. And, and so they feel safe and secure in just uh, dismissing the whole idea uh, because they have been ensnared in the trap of how God wrote the Bible regarding the language of Judgment Day. And yet, if they would allow the Bible to define its own terms, and if they would just read Hebrews 3, where God does speak of a day as a 40-year period, then they would understand that in the Bible, if it's God's good pleasure to do so, if it's according to his will, he can speak of a a day, and yet it can refer to 
an extended period of time. Just think of the day of salvation. And that day lasted centuries. It, it, it lasted quite a while. And, and so it's within the uh, boundaries. It, it, there's precedent in the Bible for God to uh, bring to pass a judgment day that is longer than an actual 24-hour period. And it's, it's up to God if he wants to make it several days, several weeks, several months, several years. And it so happens, it's very likely that Judgment Day will be a total period of time of four years, four months, and 16 days, which is four times four. And and the number four, of course, shines through because four relates to the furthest extent of what is in view or universality. And this is a worldwide judgment of mankind. And so God can trap and fool people because they're looking for the rapture, they're looking for the resurrection to occur on Judgment Day, and nothing happened on May 21, 2011 in that way, so they relax. Oh, they breathe quite a sigh of relief, actually, and slowly, slowly, and and they get back to living their life according to their own will and their own dictating their own sinful tendencies, and they're back into the flow of the world. They're back into sports. They're back into politics. They're back into um, the the uh, the things of this world, and and all of that intense looking into the Bible. Well, that's what they're relaxing from, and and they give that a break, and and they turn away from that. Uh, that's only when there's a threat or a danger of an actual end of the world that that they focus so intently upon the scripture. Well, maybe I'm being a little cynical, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. And and now people have relaxed and returned to their normative condition. The real condition of their heart is shining for or showing itself over the course of this time. And a lot of it has to do with their failure to comprehend a prolonged day of judgment. Because the way that God has has designed Judgment Day is that May 21, 2011 began Judgment Day on the world. And every other day thereafter is a part of that Judgment Day so that if we're correct, on October 7th in 2015, which is this year, is the last day, and it will be the 10,000th overall day of judgment since judgment began at the house of God. It will be that 1600th day since judgment began on May 21, 2011. And it will be the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles in the year 2015. And on that day... The last day, then God can bring to pass the rapture and the resurrection. As the Bible says, I will raise them up at the last day and it will be accurate and it will all be true. Judgment Day was May 21, 2011 
and Judgment Day was October 7th, 2015, because it's all part of one elongated day. And and yet people are not looking or not thinking about it because, again, they uh, are looking naturally, carnally, at the Word of God, at the Word, and the idea of a, a Judgment Day. They're, they're thinking uh, the literal sense of the word. Well, just as Judgment Day, or God speaks of the Day of Judgment in the Bible, he also uses this phrase, in a moment, the same way. In a moment. Now, we, we can't think naturally about that time either. Because a day is normally 24 hours. A moment, you snap your fingers, and it's past. That's how we uh, we understand the, these kinds of time references normally. And in the world, that that's what you would say. Uh, are you ready to go yet? No, I'll be ready in a moment. And, uh, <laughs> well... Uh, sometimes if you're waiting on your wife, uh, that moment may be a prolonged period of time, but <laughs> not, not too, too long. Still, it's the, the idea, quickly, something very short. Um, it could be a few seconds, a couple minutes normally. I'll be a moment. I'll be with you in a moment. Uh, if you call someone or you go into a store, uh, someone might be busy on the phone, say, I'll be with you in a moment. And they mean, as soon as I'm done here, I'll get right to you. And that's how we use these words in a moment in the world, in our everyday life. But we, we have to watch out of taking a worldly definition of language that we use in the world and applying it in the Bible. No, we, we can't do that. We're, we're never permitted to do that. That's a lazy way of studying the Bible. Oh, it says in a moment, it must mean, uh, it, it must mean a split second. No, we have to look at the words and how they're used in other places and the context. And since God is, uh, identifying in a moment, in one day, right away we, we think, Oh, this phrase in a moment is synonymous within one day. Or it's equal to. So that we would say May 21, 2011 began Judgment Day or began the moment of judgment. And the moment of judgment continues for this 1600 day period and in all likelihood concludes on October 7th in 2015, and on that day, the moment concludes. And uh, everything from May 21, 2011, through October 7th, 2015, is within or in a moment. It's very similar to how God uses the word day, in one day. And, well, let's... Let's look at how God uses this word. And we're going to look at uh, several verses. The uh, Hebrew word is 7281. And I tell you that, and I, I often tell you the Strong's number, uh, and, and that's what that is, 7281 in Strong's Concordance, to help you look it up. 
And um, if if I didn't want you to check it out, um, then I wouldn't give you the Strong's number. Uh, you know, some people uh, do find some fault with me because I don't constantly say, uh, don't trust me, check it out. Or, or as Mr. Camping used to say, well, I, I of course do want everyone who's listening to check out everything that's being said. And that's one of the, the big reasons, the main reasons why I'm giving the Strong's number. 7281, according to my count, which is done just in the concordance or in, in these Bible help books, uh, by eye, so it, it seems to be used 22 times in the Old Testament. And it's used in Exodus 33 and verse 5. It says, For Jehovah had said unto Moses, Say unto the children of Israel, Ye are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume thee. Therefore now, put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do unto thee. Now, uh, what we can gather from that is just God is speaking of judgment occurring in a moment. In Numbers 16, there's a similar language concerning Israel. Numbers 16, verse 21, it says, Separate yourselves from among this congregation that I may consume them in a moment. And in Job, the book of Job, we have a few references. Start with Job 21 and verse 13. They spend their days in wealth. Uh, the Lord is speaking of the wicked. They spend their days in wealth and in a moment go down to the grave. In Job 34, verse 20. In a moment shall they die, and the people shall be troubled at midnight, and pass away, and the mighty shall be taken away without hand. So, uh, again, death in a moment. Um, in Job 20, Job 20, in verse 5, it says that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. Now, that's an interesting verse because we know that on May 21, 2011, the world, the wicked, were celebrating in triumph. The wicked outside the church and the wicked in the church were joining hands, rejoicing that they were right, the people in the church. No man knows a day or hour. And the people of the world were rejoicing because it just didn't happen. And they could resume their lives. But God says the triumphing of the wicked is short. How short? Well, the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. And again, many of these references have to do with God's wrath. So, man celebrated initially, May 21, 2011, and he may celebrate throughout in a relaxed state, but it's only for a moment, for the duration of Judgment Day. In Psalm 6, it says, beginning in verse 8, Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And remember, that's what the Lord Jesus said when those um, 
professed Christians were were coming to the door of heaven and, and knocking, Lord, Lord, open to us. He said, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. So that statement identifies with the time when the door is shut. For Jehovah has heard the voice of my weeping. Jehovah hath heard my supplication. Jehovah will receive my prayer. Let all mine enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. Well, the the English word suddenly is a translation of in a moment. Let them be ashamed in a moment. And, and again, that language fits judgment day, uh, the period of God's wrath. In Psalm 30, it says in verses 4 and 5, Sing unto Jehovah, all ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. The Lord's anger endureth but a moment. And, and of course, that makes perfect sense when we understand that the wrath of God has been kindled in his anger and is being poured out over this time period, which identifies with a moment. In Psalm 73, it says, beginning in verse 17, and this is the psalm where a true child of God was envious at the wicked, until, verse 17, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places, thou castest them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment. They are utterly consumed with terrors. And that fits what we're, we've been reading in Isaiah 47, that God has made them desolate. These two things shall come upon thee. In a moment, in one day, you will know widowhood and the loss of children, which points to desolation. And so Psalm 73 here, speaking of understanding the end of the wicked, that it will be like they are brought into a desolation as in a moment. Well, uh, let's just go to one other verse. There's uh, actually a few more I want to look at, and we'll we'll pick this up next time. In um, Isaiah 26 is where we want to go. Verses 20 and 21. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. That is, the anger. As God said in that psalm, his anger endureth but a moment. So here God is speaking to his elect people. He's saying, come and and enter into the chambers and shut thy doors. Hide thyself. And Colossians defines what God means by hide. Your life is hid with Christ through salvation. So through salvation... You are hidden in Christ, protected within the safe chambers of God's kingdom from the the moment of his wrath or the day of his wrath. So uh, hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, Jehovah cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth 
for their iniquity, the earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. A very definitely judgment day in view in, in the language of these two verses. But what ought to make anyone think is why would the people of God have to be hid in the safe chamber with the doors shut until the indignation be overpassed if they're, they're not here. If they've been raptured or resurrected and taken out of the world so God can punish the uh, inhabitants of the earth for their sin. Well, what what need is there to hide his people, his elect, and, and for them to enter into that place of safety? What need is there? Well, there's only need when we realize that they're still alive and living on the earth throughout the moment of wrath. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.